This is Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. Paul Simon has a CD of new songs called You're the One, which unites different phases of his career, from folk music to world music. Last night, he mixed old and new songs at a concert in New York. We invited him to talk with us about his career, which dates to back, back to when he was a teenager and recorded with Art Garfunkel under the name Tom and Jerry. After they recorded under their own names as Simon and Garfunkel, they became one of the most popular folk influence groups of the 60s, recording such hits as Sounds of Silence, Homeward Bound, Mrs. Robinson, and Bridge Over Troubled Water. Let's start with the opening track from his new CD. This is called That's Where I Belong. Somewhere in a burst of glory Sound becomes a song I'm bound to tell a story That's where I belong When I see you smiling When I hear you sing Lavender and roses Every ending of the year Catch me with I asked Paul Simon about the early days in his career when he worked in the music business for a music publishing company. It was just when I was coming out of college, and they they offered to pay me. I think $150 a week, which seemed like so much money that I really couldn't refuse it. But I was probably never more miserable than doing that. And my job was to go and take the songs that they that this huge publishing company owned and go around to record companies and to A&R men at record companies and see if any of their artists wanted to record the peanut vendor or... <laughs> which I think was one of their songs or something like that. And I worked for them for, uh, oh, I don't know, about six months maybe. And I never got a song, never got one song placed. But I did give them a couple of my songs that I was writing because I felt so guilty about taking their... Which songs? Their check. Very early songs. I think like uh, Bleecker Street. Uh... Some, maybe some songs that weren't even recorded. Um, and then I got into uh, an argument with with them. And I said, "Look, you know, I quit. I'm out of here. I don't want to be. I don't want to work here anymore. And I'm not giving you my new song. And see ya." And the song that I had just written was "The Sound of Silence." And I said, well, "I'll just publish this myself." And that's uh, and from that point on, I've owned all of my songs. So that was a lucky argument that I had with this guy. That's great. What year was it that you took back that song? It was around somewhere around 1963, because I left the country after Kennedy was assassinated. I was I was very upset about about it, and I left and I went to live in England for a while. Uh, and it was somewhere around in there. Now, I'm glad you mentioned Sounds of Silence because that's 
If you had to choose a song that was like a good kind of prototype of young alienation, that would be it, <laughs> you know? Um, people talking without speaking, people hearing without listening. It just seems to be so much about this kind of youthful alienation. What do you think? Yes, it's true, but I think about songs that it's not just what the words say, but it's what the melody says and what the sound says. My thinking is that if you don't have the right sound and you don't have the right melody, it really doesn't matter what you have to say. People don't hear it. They're only available to hear when the sound entrances and, and makes people uh, open to the thought. And so, really, the key about the sound of silence, I think, is the simplicity of the melody and the words, which are really, in a sense, well, they're, they're, uh, yeah, they're youthful alienation. It's a young lyric, but actually not bad for, you know, a 21-year-old, but, um, Um, you know, not a, not a sophisticated thought and not a thought that I, you know, it was a thought that I gathered from somewhere, you know, probably from some, you know, college reading material or something, you know. It wasn't something that I was experiencing and on some deep, profound level. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody listens to anybody. It was... It was a post-adolescent angst, but it had some level of truth to it, and it resonated with, uh, well, it resonated with millions of people, as it turns out, but I think uh, largely because it had this very simple and